We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the DFS Podcast Friday edition for this weekend's NFL games, folks. Hi there, football fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I invite you to follow me at Statsman22. Back from for another week is my usual co-host, John McKechnie, who you can follow at Johnny McKex. Welcome, John. How are you doing today? Doing great, Paul. Enjoyed the Thursday night game last night. Looking forward to this weekend's slate of games. Well, I uh, took my uh, Wednesday and Thursday pod partner, James Seltzer, to task after the Cowboys beat the Eagles. So I'm on a big high this week, John. And that's just a warm-up, though. You and I will be on a couple of collision courses in upcoming weeks with our staff league, the Vegas League teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us are on fire of late, and your Ravens are on the Cowboys schedule, I see, coming up real soon as well. So we'll have some fun with that down the road. But for now, uh, we're talking about Friday, and that means we've got to put a bow on the Rotowire weekly series of podcasts, position-based podcasts, where we take a look at the kicker options and then come up with our best recommendations for full lineups as you and I share our top picks at each position. These choices will make up our FanDuel rosters for this week's games. But first, as you implied, we've got to take a look at last night's tilts. Tilt, what was your impression of the Falcons-Bucks game last night, John? 
Um, well, first of all, I think I, I, I'm most concerned about the health of, of guys like Jameis Winston and Mike Evans because they were both having uh, you know such great games, especially Mike Evans, and he was so clearly dinged up after that hit on the sideline. Uh, I feel like I've watched that replay like a zillion times, so really hope that he's able to kind of get back. Uh, you know, he'll have a couple extra days because he played the Thursday game, uh, so hopefully he's able to clear the concussion protocol because he, you know, I think he his star is on the rise. I think he's easily one of the best receivers in the league right now. Uh, if you didn't already think so, I think last night's uh, performance uh, showed that to an extent. Uh, and then on the other side of the coin, uh, the, the Falcons' offense is so legit. I, I think they can hurt you in so many different ways. Um, you know, even Jacob Tammy, he's out, so they bring in Austin Hooper. He gets a touchdown. Uh, I mean, it, it's just it's sort of just an unstoppable system right now. What do you think? Well, I agree with you. It's it's uh, we saw a lot of big numbers offensively last night, and mm-hmm. one of the guys that's got to be happiest in house at Rotowire headquarters is Jason Thornbury. He he piled up over eighty points already in the FanDuel uh, staff uh, league. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. But when you see some of the totals, John, you see Matt Ryan with three hundred forty-four yards, four TD passes, Freeman with one hundred five yards total offense, Austin Hooper even a tight end picks up a TD and forty-six. Uh, Yards receiving, that's for good for 10.6 FanDuel points. Julio Jones, eight catches, 111 yards, and a TD for the Bucks. It's and, par for the course for him. Yeah, these guys all put up big numbers. And on the other side of the coin, you had some other big performances. You mentioned Evans. He may have the biggest game of all with 11 catches for 150 yards and two TDs. But I, like you, I'm concerned about Winston and Evans and, uh, and the concussion protocol. Fans of the Bucks and and the players on FanDuel will have to watch the wires to get news and we're pretty good at keeping that updated john i like to give a shout out to all our staffers who contribute to the notes sections and and uh, up-to-date information i think we have one of the best teams in the business at rotowire headquarters and and you and i are proud to be part of that too so with that let's let me fire off some headlines that i found over the last couple weeks and get your put you in the hot seat john You've done a great job dealing with these questions in this format. So uh, let's take a look at some things that we can look forward to this weekend. First of all, Nick Foles is a newly installed veteran starting QB in Kansas City, while Alex Smith has been benched. Your thoughts, how's that going to impact this offense? It seems just sort of like a, a strange situation where, where Alex Smith, our latest note on him, says that it, that he, does, he, he says he's not dealing with a concussion, but... You know, nonetheless, he's he's expected to be inactive this week. So they're going to bring in Foles. Apparently, Foles looked uh, decent in relief of Smith last week. Uh, so I don't I don't foresee a ton of drop off here. I think those guys are of a similar skill level. I think Andy Reid. Uh, you know, I think there's a reason why Andy Reid sought out bringing in a guy like Foles this offseason. I think he's a guy uh, that that works well for that system. So I don't really envision a huge drop off there personally. Yeah, in fact, I look for the uh, the fact that Foles throws a pretty good deep ball, and I, I look for them to open up the playbook maybe and go a little downfield because that's been a knock against this offense year to date. So with Fold's big arm and his ability to throw the deep pass, we might see a new dimension here in the Kansas City offense. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's that's my call for the week. Maybe a Canadian loony against your U.S. dollar on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I look for a real shootout in the Green Bay-Indianapolis game. Uh, Green Bay's offense has been limited a little bit ever since uh, Eddie Lacy went down. They may get James Starks back in the running back rotation this weekend. Can they win this division without Lacey, though? It's that division is is extremely difficult to figure out because Green Bay has has its own warts, not only on offense, but that 
the, the defense, especially in the secondary, is such a banged-up unit right now. I mean, they're, they're using guys basically just off the street uh, to play cornerback and safety for them right now, and it, it's an issue. And, uh, you know, last week they were able to generate offense without a ton of, of help there. Uh, but I think if Ty Montgomery is able to come back, I think he's athletic enough, as we saw against the Bears, to where if they use him out of the backfield as, as sort of a dynamic uh, pass catcher and, and as a running back, I think that that definitely helps that offense a, a good bit. So I don't think that losing Lacey kills them per se. They just need, they need Montgomery. Uh, they, they can't, you know, ride it out with, with just like a Don Jackson type guy. Well, I'm thrilled on two levels here. I own Rodgers in, in our staff league, and uh, he's he's leading the league, the team in rushing uh, the last couple of weeks, too, in addition to having, having to throw the ball 50 times a game. So I know I'm going to get big tolls from this guy unless he gets knocked out of a game. So I, as, a, as a guy who hates the Cowboys, too, I... I love the fact that this team is struggling, but I'll take Rodgers 300 yards uh, passing and 60 yards rushing every week to the end of this season if I can get it. Oh, yeah. uh, if uh, I got a good look at the Philadelphia Eagles, another team that is on my, my not-so-happy uh, list in terms of teams that I don't like uh, just because I'm a Cowboys fan. But they, and came, I came away feeling sorry a bit for Carson Wentz, i got to tell you. And I spoke to James about this. Uh, I don't see a lot of quality among his receivers that... And that, took, uh, that group took a hit with the news that Josh Huff was arrested. I say this news could sink their season. What say you? Uh, clever clever word, word choice with the take a hit thing. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, you, you watched the game last week, and obviously that, yeah, they're, they're, the talent at receiver is, is really not there. I, I'm not a believer that Jordan Matthews is, is a number one type of receiver. Um, but you also look at, at the offense, and it's like they, they aren't allowing Wentz uh, to really push the ball downfield. I mean, I think he averaged something like 4.4 yards per attempt. I mean, that, that's like childproof offense, like, you know, like it just so he doesn't, you know, hurt himself by throwing the ball more than five yards downfield. I feel like that's, that's kind of hindering him. Uh, that, so that definitely doesn't help matters. And then, you know, obviously the lack of skill going on, Huff. You know, Huff's loss means a lot less speed on the outside. So that's an issue. I think this offense is is in trouble, not only personnel-wise, but, uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, their concepts. I think we're going to know more about this team after another rivalry game this, this uh, weekend, uh, and we'll see how that, that works out for them. But the one final question for you, and that is, uh, how can the AFC East continue to be such a crappy division, except for the Pats, of course? It seems every year... They've lapped the field by the halfway mark in the season, and this looks like no exception. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this this just isn't a surprise at this point. I mean, this is something that's been going on pretty much since 2003, uh, and, and maybe in 2001 as well, 2002, bit of a mulligan year. But it's just, I mean, it's like the Patriots have like a mind control device over the other three teams, and like, you know, like. Belichick just looks over and like has like a, his watch dangling and it turns the other coach just into a daze. Uh, I mean, they, they just they absolutely uh, beat the heck out of the Bills last week. And the Bills, uh, you know, like you mentioned in the notes here, they're not a bad team. But with, when they play the Patriots, they just get pasted. It's just it's just a thing that happens. And the, the Jets also just lay down against the Patriots. I mean, it seems like the Dolphins tend to give them a, a decent fight. But in general, like the Patriots just... They have a cakewalk to, to the division crown every single year. And I think it, it, part of it 
is just the other team shooting themselves in the foot willingly and constantly. Yeah, and that gives the Pats a big advantage uh, over a lot of teams in other divisions as they prepare for the playoffs. I mean, they can punch their ticket today as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. John, let's take a look at the kicker list and find out where you and I see some value plays here. I uh, I will start off at the top of the board. There's a couple of guys in the 5,000-plus range. Graham Gano of the Carolina Panthers and Adam Vinatieri, one of the more accurate kickers in the history of the game for Indianapolis. Do you spend money on either of these guys this week? I'm not sure about Gano. I mean, obviously, last week he had a very – or last time out he had a very solid game. But he only has uh, – that was his first uh, double-digit output – since like week two or week three here so I mean he's not been consistently getting the attempts that you would want if you're going to pay top dollar for your kicker so I'm I'm going to stay off of Gano in this scenario uh Vinatieri is a guy I would definitely consider you know not only is he an automatic lock but um you know kicking it kicking in Lambeau I think it might scare some people especially now that the calendar's turned in November but the weather's actually pretty decent up here right now so I don't think that the like the fa- the weather factor is going to be too much of a concern here so I could see uh where Vinatieri would, would be worth the value there but uh I definitely would go him over Gano in this scenario I agree with you and boy you add to your resume every week John with a weather report thrown in that's awesome hey man just tossing it out there you know <laughs> And what about in the forty-nine to forty-seven hundred dollar range here? What do you like in that grouping? Well, you always got to like Justin Tucker because not only does he have the leg to to you know get you a fifty-plus yard field goal, but you know that the Ravens' offense just isn't going to score touchdowns. Uh, so anytime that they, if, I mean, if they get inside the Steelers' forty, uh, Tucker's uh, you know basically a lock to get a field goal attempt here. So I think that he's definitely a guy I would consider at forty-nine hundred. Uh, McManus is always a guy I consider as well, just strong-legged fellow. Uh, your guy Dan Bailey, uh, never, never a solid or never a uh, never a wrong call to go with him, especially when they're going against a team like the Browns, where you know the Cowboys are going to have a ton of scoring chances. I hope so. hope so. I might even be at that game, John. I'll let that out, that cat out of the bag. Stats man could hit the road uh, Sunday morning to get that tilt under his belt. Uh, I, I like uh, a couple of guys on this list, too. I'm looking at that rivalry game that I teased earlier. Philadelphia goes in against the Giants. They need this win if they want to stay in the race. And uh, Caleb Sturgis, I think, is one of the more productive guys on average in terms of uh, points in FanDuel play with over 10 each tilt, and that's because the Eagles don't finish a lot of drives, uh, quite frankly, and I expect this to be another one of those low-scoring games where field goals might be the story, and uh, if that is, Caleb Sturgis will be the headline. And uh, Cairo Santos, another guy I like on this list with Kansas City, I I think they're going to score a little more often and uh, with the new quarterback situation, and I like him to be a part of that. And uh, Mason Crosby, uh, with the Packers, will certainly get his chances to score also because they're facing the terrible Indianapolis defense. Yes. And uh, so those are a few of the names that I like in that range. Any in the bargain basement that you like, John? Forty-six, forty-five hundred dollars Anything in there? I can't decide whether, I, whether I'm concerned about Sebastian Janikowski yet because last week I watched the, that sort of circus uh, that was the fourth quarter in overtime of the, of the Raiders-Buccaneers game. He had several chances. I mean, granted, they're from 50-plus, but Janikowski's a guy that we've gotten used to pretty much since 2000, 2001 as a guy that's, that's uh, he's got the, maybe the best lead, leg in the league, so you expect him to be able to hit at least one of those, uh, but he, he missed badly on a couple of them, so I'm probably staying off of Janikowski, even though uh, 
Oakland is returning to, to you know, the friendly confines of the O.co Coliseum where he's used to kicking, but uh, I'm probably staying away from most of these guys. I mean, it, you can't, you know, obviously Blair Walsh is down in this area. Can't really trust him. Uh, uh, Nick Volk, uh, he, he, I would say he would be my, my main consideration from these, from these uh, bargain basement type guys. And, and I'm going to add Chris Boswell to that list just because if Ben Roethlisberger plays, this is going to be another one of those tough games. I, I don't think it's going to be a 35-34 game, maybe about 20 21 to 17 kind of tilt, so he'll get his chances and a couple of field goals opportunities here with uh, both teams having difficulty finishing drives, in my opinion. Uh, but you watch uh, watch for Roth with Roethlisberger's status. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Roethlisberger's status, because if they don't have him in the lineup, uh, Baltimore's taken the, the last five five of six in, in this series, and uh, I think they could dominate. Uh, Again, wow! Strong words. I I, I don't think the Ravens can dominate anybody. Well, I'm saying it for you. I want to keep you happy, man. Appreciate that. (laughs) Well, uh, John. That said, now who is your kicker uh, in this weekend's FanDuel lineup? I think that the price point and the and the opportunities uh, make me think that the Cairo Santos is going to be my play at kicker this week. I think he's he's consistently uh, getting getting nine or more points week in week out. The price point isn't too high. I think he's had nine or more uh, FanDuel points in three straight weeks. So you like that consistency. You like the trend heading in the right direction. Uh, like you said, that offense could be even more explosive this week with, with you know, Foles adding the downfield element. So they could definitely be, be getting into Jaguars territory early and often. Uh, and I think that Santos is going to see plenty of chances, and I think he's good enough to convert them. And I'm going to counter. I mean, I was torn torn between free kickers in this one. I I like. I'm going to pick Dan Bailey, but I, I could have picked either guy in the Indianapolis Green Bay game. Vinatieri and Crosby are going to both get a lot of opportunities, and this guy Bailey fits in the middle of the price points there. So that was my deciding factor. Whether it's field goals or PATs, I expect the Cowboys to score a lot in this matchup, and that means Dan Bailey's going to be kicking the ball a fair bit. So. Uh, that's my choice. But let's uh, tip our hat to fan, FanDuel for a second, John, and remind everybody uh, that fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday with FanDuel. Fantasy football for everyday fans, there's new contests starting every week, no busted seasons at all. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. I love that part, John. Uh, okay. New this year, there's an upgraded experience. Get even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only. Settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head contest. Try a 50-50 contest where you can the top half win cash. Play in larger tournaments for even more excitement and more money in the prize window. Play for a dollar. Choices for every budget, in fact. John, uh, it, it was the, my best week of the season in our FanDuel staff game. Pairing a hot QB with his primary productive target really worked for me in week eight. I was at both ends of the spectrum going for cheap but productive options elsewhere. Uh, that's my plan again this weekend. Do it, uh, done that thing uh, three times in a row now, and my scores seem to be getting higher and higher. Have you altered your schedule, uh, your strategy uh, during the course of the season, or have you stuck with the same thing from the from the get go? I think I need to ad- adhere to my to my uh, strategies, you know, sort of on on the principles because you know I, I find myself on Sunday mornings uh, kind of over overthinking things and over tinkering you know I'm, I'm making changes at 11:55 central time you know like <laughs> five minutes before lineup block so i think i need to trust my process a little bit more uh because last week was was a tough one 
for, for your friend John here, but uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to bounce back this week. I think I, I need to. I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that uh, you know you paired your quarterback with the with the most productive receiver. That always seems to be a key factor, a recipe for success. I think you need to have that uh, as a building block, and then you kind of fill fill in your roster around that. But if you can if you can get that number one stack of the week. Uh, you're off to a really good start. Well, I'm having a ton of fun with FanDuel. I keep saying it. I know you enjoyed it from the get-go, too. And we remind our listeners, have fun with all that fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel, be sports-rich, folks. There's a special offer for new users, in fact. They get a six free six-month Roto-Wire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription... But you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. All right, John, it's that time. We've got to pump out our FanDuel lineups. Who's your starting quarterback? Uh, this is a matchup I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, not as far as beautiful football is concerned because th- this is an ugly matchup to an extent, but... You know, you got the Saints going out to San Francisco to take on the 49ers, who uh, literally might be the worst team in the NFL, certainly one of the worst defensively. Uh, They're slightly better at home than on the road, but still, the point remains, uh, the the Saints should be able to put up a ton of points. I know that Vegas uh, believes that they will. I I think that's why it's one of the higher over-unders on the slate of, of the week. So I think starting it out, Getting Drew Brees at 8,600, I think, you know, obviously it's kind of expensive. He's one of the more uh, pricey quarterbacks on the board this week, as per usual. But I think he's certainly worth it uh, in this scenario because I think he's going to be able to carve up that defense uh, without too much trouble here. Well, I I could just uh, do this quickly and substitute Aaron Rodgers' name for everything you just said because he faces a a Swiss cheese of a defense in in the Indy game, too. And that's going to be one of the higher-scoring games. It should be. And Rodgers is the highest... uh, uh, most expensive uh, quarterback on the board with a $9,100 price tag. Yeah, I'm on him again, but I promise not to pick this guy every week, but boy, oh boy, uh, it appears that he's the only healthy option in terms of their running game, and you can add that to the fact that he's going to fill the air with football, so you can expect 300 yards in the passing game, maybe a couple of TDs and 60 yards rushing, maybe, and, and a TD on the ground, so that, that's a ton of points possible, possible from him, so why wouldn't you pick this guy? And uh, don't forget that the Colts ranked 31st in, in pass defense overall. So all those numbers add up to me spending up uh, on the quarterback in Green Bay. Your running backs, John. Uh, this is a guy, um, certainly a GPP consideration uh, primarily. Uh, I guess I could see where you logically use him in a cash game, I guess. But uh, Tim Hightower at 6,100 uh, of the Saints uh, going against the Niners, like, like I said, um, it seems like Mark Ingram is officially, officially, officially in in uh, Mark Ingram er, in uh, Sean Payton's doghouse, and it looks like Hightower is a guy that's going to be the you know the primary uh, beneficiary of that situation. So it looks like Hightower is going to be getting most of the carries. Uh, he is only 6,100, so so to be able to get a you know a number one back. Uh, going against a terrible defense for, for just that price, uh, I think that's really enticing. Uh, the only drawback here is that I think I'm not the only person to notice that you know that that High Tower is going to be in, in line for an increased role. So you're going to have to worry a little bit about uh, very high ownership percentage, um, more so than than maybe you, uh, would be ideal for you. But I think. Uh, at the end of the day, he's going to be able to hit value to the point where uh, if you, you're going to be sitting there on Sunday kicking yourself if you didn't use him. 
And then uh, my running back to uh, Jay Ajayi of, of the Dolphins. I know that he draws a, a tough matchup, and I think that might help uh, draw or drive his ownership level down a little bit because he is going against the Jets, one of the better run defenses in the NFL. But Ajayi is coming off a of bye week. And he's had 25 carries for 204 yards and 28 carries for 214 yards in his last two outings. He's clearly the workhorse guy, but FanDuel hasn't adjusted his price to reflect that so much. So I think that this is a scenario where Ajayi, uh, just on price alone uh, and, and workload, I think he's going to be able to, to get the requisite points that you would want out of your RB2 spot. Well, and my two guys are outside the range of the two guys you picked. Uh, on the high end, I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon again of the Chargers versus Tennessee. He's priced at 7800 bucks. I really gravitate to this guy uh, as a key part of my, my lineup this week, comparing him to the profile that Matt Forte enjoyed when he was a focal point of a good Bears offense. Gordon is that, that same player with the Chargers leading the NFL in TDs while factoring in big time in the passing game as well as his RB1 status here. And I went to town with Forte as my running back in the staff uh, Rotowire League for a couple of years in a row, and he he brought me to the playoffs. So I feel the same way about Gordon, and I'm going to ride him this weekend. And I'm going to pair him with, I think, one of the best value plays on the entire board at any position with Darren Sproles of the Eagles against the Giants, priced at only 4800 bucks. John, I watched this guy closely last week and saw how shifty he still is, and he outperformed RB1 Matthews to such an extent that the Eagles coaching staff is leaning toward giving him even more touches as the starter in the backfield this weekend in a key, key matchup against the Giants. He's another back who will be active in the passing game as well. So for 4800 bucks, I think that's, that's a sparkling value and maybe the best one on the board that I see. Definitely. Your wide receivers of choice this weekend, John. Real quick before I get to my uh, receivers of choice, I'd like to also point out that the Charkandrick West is a guy to, to certainly keep an eye on at 5,600 uh, for GPPs, especially if Spencer Ware is out. We're not sure what's going to happen with that quite yet. And Derek Henry, I think uh, DeMarco is trending towards playing, so maybe uh, that knocks his value down a little bit. But he's a guy to, to at least consider. He looks like he's... Uh, you know, earning himself a bit of a workload uh, for the Titans now. Um, for my re- receiver one, I'm going to go with Emmanuel Sanders. I'm going to go back to the well. Uh, obviously, he let me down a, a little bit last week. He wasn't overly impressive, but I really like this matchup. Anytime that you can draw a guy uh, going against the, this Raiders secondary, especially now that they have, have lost Sean Smith, I believe, for a little bit. So he's one of their bigger offseason acquisitions at corner. So that certainly hurts them. And, you know, like I mentioned last week, he's, he's one of the more highly targeted receivers uh, for them because Simeon doesn't get the ball downfield a ton. So Sanders working the underneath stuff, I think that certainly works in his advantage uh, this week going against a soft defense. Uh, so definitely like him at 6,800. Uh, then got to go with your guy, uh, Des Bryant. Um, you know, he, I mean, you watched the game last weekend, so you know. He, I mean, he looked absolutely back. He looked like Des Bryant, the Des Bryant that we've, you know, seen for the past few years. His catch in the end zone uh, is one of those catches that you only see maybe three or four other receivers in the league uh, make that catch where, you know, the hands are so strong that they're able to fight through the arm tackle trying to rip that ball away. So he's going against Cleveland. I mean, that's just sort of a gimme, uh, in my opinion. So obviously you got to pay up for him, 7800 but I think he's certainly worth it this week. And then Jordy Nelson would be, would be my uh, third option here because 
that you know, like you mentioned with with Rodgers here, they're going against one of the worst defenses uh, in the entire NFL. And Jordy just uh, he seems to be trending in the right direction here. He's coming off a 17 point game, uh, and he only caught. Uh, four out of his nine targets. So you, you expect a better catch rate out of Jordy in general. And I think we're going to see that that catch rate improve here. I think the target count should should uh, probably uptick into the double digits here. Uh, and when you get double digit targets against Indianapolis, good things are going to happen, especially at Lambeau. So I think that Nelson, he's at 8,200. That might scare some people off. And I think that that's going to help uh, drive the ownership down. And I think that uh, Nelson is going to be able to take advantage of this matchup to the extent to where he definitely hits value for you. Well, and I'm going to give added value in this wide receiver section just to show you that I could do that too, John. Uh, I have three names down, but I'll start off with a fourth. And uh, pairing up with Rodgers, I'm going to have Devontae Adams in a couple of my lineups. This guy has caught 25 balls, been targeted 30 times in the last two weeks. That's incredible numbers, and he's priced at $7,100, well down the board in terms of uh, the wide receiver list. So that's a guy that that if uh, Rodgers fills the air, he'll be on the other end of of, uh, at least 10 of those targets again and could be just as productive as he has been in the last two weeks. But the other three guys that I picked are Brandon Cooks of the Saints in that same game against Green Bay. He's priced at $7,600. Cooks is a primary deep threat who's been getting a lot of looks in the Saints' productive pass offense uh, particularly most recently. He's fourth in the league with five TDs as well already and averaging 14 FanDuel points per week on the season, which is the third highest mark among healthy and active wide receivers this week with all the the buy games factoring in. Uh, By teams rather factoring in. I remind you that he's one of Drew Brees' favorite targets as well, averaging over eight looks per week. Uh, Below him, I've got Demarius Thomas of the Broncos. You know what? It's just because of the quarterback situation that he's priced at 7,400 bucks. Simeon is not ranked among the league leaders. The rookie is doing a decent job, but he's not there yet. Uh, He's progressing, though, and and their relationship is progressing on the field to the point where Thomas is getting uh, more and more targets. He had a season high of 10 in each of the last three weeks, and in addition, he's recorded four TDs in the last six games. So that the relationship is growing on the field. The productivity is growing. He faces a weak Oakland pass defense and should easily reach double figures in FanDuel play again this weekend. And finally, I'm going to go with Stephon Diggs uh, of Minnesota against Detroit for 6500 bucks. He was the busiest of the Vikes receivers with eight catches and 13 targets last week, seemingly solidifying his profile as the, w, uh, the wide receiver one option here. He gets a good chance to duplicate that recent productivity against the Lions defense that ranks 23rd in the league, John. You just hope that uh, Bradford gets enough time to, to throw the ball to him. Yeah, that's the key issue there. But I think <laughs> at least he's, he, he's guaranteed to be the guy that gets the most looks. So I figure Absolutely. he'll have a chance to be productive there. You're a tight end, my friend. I'm going to go a little bit of home cooking here. I'm going to go with Dennis Pitta at 5,200. Initially, I was going to say uh, Travis Kelsey. I still think that's a good play as well if you have the coinage uh, to do that. But I think Pitta at 5,200. He's a guy that, that's targeted so much in this offense because so often you see Joe Flacco uh, completely panic when his when his number one option isn't open and, and just goes to Pitta. Uh, that's why Pitta has had uh, outputs of 10 targets, 10 targets, and 8 targets in his last three outings. He's always there. He's, he's definitely the security blanket of that offense. So I think, you know, in a situation on FanDuel where you get a half a point per catch, I think that he definitely is able to get, sit, you know, six, seven uh, catches uh, this week against a, a Steelers defense that's not uh, not your father's Steelers defense. It's not, the, it's not, it's not quite to, to where we've seen them in recent years. There's no 
really one guy that scares you too, too much there. So I think Pitt is going to be able to do some damage here. And he's only 5,200. So on, on the lower end of things, as far as uh, price goes for tight ends, and he's, I mean, he definitely sees more targets than any other guys sort of in that neighborhood as far as tight ends are concerned. So I'll roll with him. John, I've watched the commercials. This Travis Kelsey guy's living the life with this show, The Bachelor. And, and he's back on the beam coming off his most productive game of the season. I'm on him for 6,600 bucks. I have room thanks to a couple of cheaper picks on my lineup. He's had two ordinary weeks in a row, but I think he before that productive week last week, and I think he stays near this peak performance that he showed us most recently and benefits from the changing quarterback that I talked about early in the show. My belief is that he will be a primary option for Foles as he gets acclimatized in his 2016 debut. Uh, it's as simple as that for me and Kelsey against the, uh, the Jaguars. So uh, let's take a look at the defenses, John. Uh, who is your choice over there? Uh, I'm going to go with the Jets. I, I know that I, I mentioned uh, that, that that their run defense is really is really strong. I know they're going against Ajayi, who's a who's a pick of mine. So you you know you might have need to pick and choose from these uh, selections here, but uh, they're able to to bottle up the run. The, their weakness is in the secondary. Uh, Revis looks looks to be a little bit just kind of worn out at this point. But the Jets are only 4,300, and I don't think that Tannehill quite has the skills to, to really make them pay for, for those inefficiencies in the back end. So I think that uh, Jets here, uh, that, that would be my play. Um, and then I also want to just kind of point out that the, the Vikings at 5,300, uh, they're on a short week, and they just got absolutely roasted by the Bears. Uh, so I, I think that there's some issues going on with the Vikings right now, and I don't think that Detroit – uh, is the team they really want to be seeing this week. Detroit's offense uh, can certainly click here. So I, I would avoid going Vikings, at, at, you know, as far as your defense goes, even if they are the top, uh, if, even if FanDuel thinks that they are the top defense this week. I agree with you on that call, John. They certainly got knocked off the pedestal. And when they get knocked off by a team that I don't think is all that good, it really raises a Spocky and I at this end as well. I'm going to counter with Carolina, a team that's trending in the opposite direction in terms of defensive play. The Panthers' D is coming off their best effort of 2016 against what has been a pretty dynamic Cardinals offense. Uh, so I want to believe that Carolina wants to show that this group is back where they, many expect them to be among the more dominant defenses in the league. I think they may do quite well against an easier opponent in Los Angeles this week. John, with that, I want to give you a chance to talk about the DFS podcast that you host with another friend of ours, Mario Puig, on the college side of the gridiron. You guys do a great job, but why don't you tell our listeners how they can find it? Appreciate that. Yeah, you can find us on, on iTunes or you can find us uh, on the website if you go to rotowire.com. Then you go to the podcast section. Uh, that's where you can find it. Find it. Um, we do post the, the college football one under the NFL umbrella on Wednesdays. It's out every single Wednesday, usually around commute time on the, on the East Coast. Uh, so give us a listen. This week, uh, our main focus is... Uh, our main focus in general this week was was LSU versus Alabama. That's you know the, that's sort of the game every single year, year in year out. And uh, you know we got number one Bama coming off a of bye week, going against LSU, who's also coming off a of bye. They're at home. Uh, they look a lot better now that Leonard Fournette is healthy. Uh, he just absolutely uh, dominated Ole Miss in his most recent outing. Uh, over 17 yards of carry. That's just not even fair. So uh, it's really going to be a clash of the titans between, you know, like, can Bama slow down uh, this Fournette guy that that um, is looking for revenge after getting completely shut down, kind of having the Heisman campaign for him taken from him 
against uh, the Crimson Tide last year. So that that's uh, you know that was one of the main focuses of this week's show. But we also break down uh, the rest of the slate. Uh, we take a look at some season-long options, some guys to pick up. Uh, we we talk about the article that I write every week, the start versus sit for college, and then uh, also the waiver wire by Nick Grays. Uh, you know, so that we we really try to cover everything uh, in the college realm on that podcast. Give us the name of that podcast, John. Uh, it's just, it would just be CFB and then whichever week it is. Uh, so this week, it, you'll, you'll find it at CFB Week 10. Perfect. Thank you very much. And there you go, folks. You had a, a chance to listen to how much this guy knows about the college game. Uh, tons and tons. I'm impressed, John. Let's, let's look at the picks of the day on our teams. John, who do you like on your squad? I just got to go with Drew Brees. It's hard for me to, to pick against you know a guy... You know, at the helm of the Saints offense, going against a team as as pitiful as as the 49ers are right now, I think that, that that's just sort of a no-brainer call. I think he's going to be able to to you know maybe put up three touchdowns. Uh, it's going to be a, a pretty easy game for for even the Saints, who you know they're they're coming off a kind of a knockdown dragout win over the Seahawks. But the, you mean you come into that into last week. Did you expect the Saints to beat the Seahawks? Absolutely not. So, I mean, they're, tr- they're trending in the right direction, uh, assuming that they can keep that momentum. And, you know, I don't think they've earned the cachet to sort of have, have a letdown game per se. So I think that they need to keep the foot on the gas here, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do. And I think that, that starts with Breeze, and I think that he's just going to have a huge day. And for me, I'm going to go with the guy that opens up my lineup, and that's Darren Sproles of the Eagles. I expect him to get starters touches in the backfield. That means 20-plus carries. Maybe a few passes out of the backfield. If he gets into the end zone, that could be a 15 to 20 point game for 4,800 bucks. That's tremendous value. Uh, I expect him to deliver, deliver those goods, so I'll take my chances. John, before we sign off, your country's going to have a new president next week. Oh, no. And I'm not going to ask you to reveal your strike. I know you're going to go vote. But I already did. Put it, great. Putting your feelings aside, your partisan feelings aside, and I'm not asking you to reveal, reveal your strike. Who's going to be the next president of the United States? I think that there's just enough sentiment around the country that's like, we can't actually, we're not actually going to let Donald Trump win this, can we? So, you know, the, the silent majority of which he speaks, uh, we'll see if they make it to the voting polls. Um, I just think that, that Hillary uh, wins just kind of based on the virtue that most people find that she's the lesser of two evils, probably. I hope I'm not offending too many people on this podcast, but I, I just imagine that she's going to win it. And I don't want and I don't want you to be put in that position of offending anybody. I don't think you did. I think you handled that very nicely. And I share your sentiments, in fact, north of the border here. And uh, uh, I'm an outsider, but with a very keen political interest in this outcome. I think everybody should. And we yes. implore everybody to get out there and do what John did. Vote. And uh, make sure you get out there and do your civic duty. It's important. And uh, uh, it's just uh, great to be able to talk about sports. We live in the freest of two, uh, two of the freest countries in the world. We want to keep it that way. And part of that is exercising our, our rights. And, and so I think that's a great way to end, the, end this show. And uh, as I said, John, I'm looking forward to traveling into the United States over the weekend, hopefully into Cleveland area. I was hoping that it would, wouldn't would be in the aftermath of a World Series win, but uh, the Cubbies <laughs> changed that. And uh, now Cleveland has one of the longest droughts in all of sports and on the baseball side. So 
We'll, uh, we'll wind it up there. Uh, there you have it for John McKechnie, who you can follow at Johnny McKex. I'm Paul Bruno, reminding you to follow me at Statsman22. We wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back and listen to our podcast on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody. Day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.